First and 10 football. If you ain't in, get out. This is the Training Camp Report on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Presented by Bud Light, America's favorite light lager. FedEx, where now meets next. Lecom, Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine campuses in Erie, Greensburg, Elmira, New York, and Bradenton, Florida. By your neighborhood Ford store. Excella Health, Expert Care, here. And by Ireland Contracting, Pittsburgh's number one home exterior expert. Call 1-800-NEW-ROOF or visit irelandcontracting.com. Hour number two of the Bud Light Training Camp Report, live from the North Shore Tavern on the North Shore of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, right across from third base at PNC Park. Wesley Euler, Tom Opperman, hanging out with you for another hour here on ESPN Pittsburgh. That means you've got another hour to come on down here, say hello, get a steak on a stone, get yourself a Bud Light on special. And Tom, I mean, buddy, you're absolutely right. All these steaks on stones flying around me. You know what it's like? You know when you... Um, maybe you sit down at a Mexican restaurant and then all of a sudden, you know, someone gets fajitas like the food <laughs> yeah, next to you, right. you know what I'm saying? Right, definitely. Dude, and you're just like, you're like, oh my goodness, that smells, that looks, that sounds like the greatest thing ever like that. That is what it's like here at, at, uh, at the North Shore Tavern every time somebody orders one of these things. I mean, dude, they, they wheel them out. They're on the big stone. Yep. They're sizzling. Oh, yeah. You've got the steak. You've got the seafood. You've got the potato. I mean, buddy, this is living on a Sunday. Uh, every once in a while, you come across something in your life, and you just are like, how has this not been more of a thing at more places? And <laughs> when I first went to the North Shore Tavern, the steak on a stone was absolutely one of those things. I, I couldn't believe that this isn't something that's been employed by steakhouses for years and years and years. I mean, it, it's so cool. I guess there are some you know, people out there that would be downers and be like well i'm paying to come to a restaurant you should cook the food for me no 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 i think this is super cool idea and i mean the steak uh, listen you can cook whatever you want on a stone it's still got to be a good cut of meat and they got fantastic cuts of meat there that steak is delicious even the worst cook couldn't screw up that steak on a stone and buddy it's great too you come down here you order the steak on the stone and they tell you they're like all right if you want it medium rare medium right. you need to take it off in the next you know move it in the next minute if there's you, coaching like, going on yeah well done, yeah you know you wait for two or three minutes and instead it's just fantastic um for my first time down here at the north shore tavern definitely will not be my last i'm very jealous there's a lot of people riding the electronic scooters around here on the north shore <laughs> Couple more of these Bud Lights, Tom, and you're—I mean—you're gonna have to wrestle me off of these things. I'm telling you. You might Although, have to be scooting back, talking into the uh, equipment as you broadcast throughout all of Pittsburgh, and not just the North Shore Tavern. Yeah, you think you think we could keep connection through the tunnels? As you just work through—that's gonna be tough. Scooting through the tunnel will be <laughs> tough too. That's a dangerous game you're playing. Absolutely. You know what? I'll just stay right here where the Bud Lights are cold and on discount. And have you ever steak on a stone is delicious. Have you ever been on one of those those scooters in another city before that? I know they're oh new to gosh. Pittsburgh. You've been. You Funny, have. They call me. They call me Wesley Scootin'. You'll. <laughs> I mean, I live. I live for that. Partner. Right? I was just out. I was just out in Denver like a month ago, and yep. I scooted every morning. Partner. That's where I had my first experience in Denver too. And then out on the West Coast for my honeymoon, I was ripping it up on there too. They scoot, man, for lack of a better term. I mean. Oh. Those things get up there. They say, I think, 15 miles per hour is the max. You go downhill. I mean, that's getting 2025. 20, I swear to God. Dude, 
I, you're absolutely right. And I also, I, I've, I, I, you know, Tom, I'm a, I'm a well-traveled scooter. All right. I've, I've scooted in Indianapolis and in Denver <laughs> and, and also in Austin, Texas. Dude, these scooters in Austin, Texas, like definitely when you were going downhill, like they got close to 25 miles an hour. It was a blast. I, I don't know how I feel about having scooters in Pittsburgh. Like I feel like I enjoy them more as a touristy thing and not in my own city. Yeah, I agree. We'll, we'll see what happens here. I agree. We'll I, a lot of hills here. and a lot of potholes in Pittsburgh too. It's going to be tough seeing people yeah. maneuvering. Like it's almost like it would feel like they would have to be like GPS triangulated to just only be allowed on the North Shore, right? Like I if agree. You try to like cro- or the if South you try side. Try to cross the Clemente Bridge. Yeah, like it just shuts down on you, and it's like eh, turn around, do a one eighty. <laughs> Because on the North Shore down here, it's great. I mean, you can get from PNC Park to Heinz Field to the Carnegie Science to the Center. Casino. To the casino. Yeah. yeah. Just a couple minutes. Um, but, yeah, you get out of the North Shore might not be the greatest idea. But we are at the North Shore Tavern. That's all you need to know on this beautiful Sunday. Come on down, get some food, get a Bud Light, enjoy some good Steelers conversation. Thomas, I know, like me, you had to enjoy last night. Night one of the Hall of Fame induction, Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony if you will three Steelers going in last night a a nice representation of some different eras and some different uh roles right you had Donnie Schell uh, of course a uh, part of the Steelers of the 70s four-time Super Bowl champion finally goes in to the Hall of Fame long overdue you get the coach Bill Cower and of course Troy Palomalu as well last night uh tonight it's Alan Fanica and Bill Nunn Thomas, I, I do want to talk a little bit with you about last night and just how cool that was. We it's have to, to yeah. Steelers Nation take over Canton. Here's where I want to start, though. Of course, I'm sure you know this. I want to start with Troy Palomalu because I'm glad you're you know, starting you and I are now, relative. Yeah. You and I are relatively the same age. You're a couple years younger than me, but relatively the same age. And and those Steelers were our Steelers, right? The, no doubt. The, the, the 2000s, the mid to late 2000s Steelers. You know, the winners of Super Bowl 40, winners of Super Bowl 43. You and I were teenagers. We were in kind of the the prime of your life for being just a crazy diehard fan with no strings attached. That was really our, our first um, our first taste of, of Steelers excellence and really just sports excellence here in Pittsburgh because the Penguins were in the middle of a rebuild. The Pirates were having another losing season. Buddy, Troy Polamalu kind of in a in just an era of, of Hall of Famers and legendary performances. Troy has always felt special. He's always felt different for just how unique he was as a player, how unique he is as a person. You know, he retires from the Steelers seven years ago and and kind of fades away, right? We haven't heard much from him. We haven't seen much from him, and that is just Troy's style. But, buddy, with that, I think we had all waited even more so in anticipation for last night, and my goodness did our guy deliver. What a speech, what a moment, and... I mean, I don't care who you are. You had to enjoy that. But again, particularly for people our age, when those Steelers were our Steelers growing up, man, that was awesome last night. No question. And I'll get to the speech in a second. But a lot, something I've been kicking around the old noggin since, you know, last the festivities started on Thursday. I really believe that Troy Polamalu goes into the Hall of Fame as the second best Steeler of all time. I, I really think that it's <laughs> – I do, man. I really think it's Mean Joe Green, and then I think Troy Polamalu follows him right up. And – you know, you said that this is our Steelers. He represents our Steelers for our generation, and he's our Mean Joe Green. You know, he's yeah. absolutely number 43 is the number that when you think that Steelers defense in the aughts, you know, the early 2000s, it's Troy Polamalu's face that comes up first. It was his defense. It was his teams. 
And yeah, man, I, I think when you have to write the story of the Pittsburgh Steelers, you you got to start with Mean Joe Green and. There is nothing that anybody else can do in this franchise's history to come that will supplant Mean Joe and what he meant to this no, franchise no. and what he meant to this city. He is always going to be the all-time Steelers great player. But I, I don't think it's that far-fetched for me to think that Troy Polamalu is number two right behind Mean Joe. And I think it's appropriate that it's two defensive players leading the charge for those teams. I mean... 70s defense, one of the best of all time, if not the best of all time. But those 2000s defense for the Steelers was right there with them. And yeah, man, I think Troy Polamalu goes in as the second best ever. And as far as the speech is concerned, you know, Troy's such a quiet guy and he speaks so softly, but it's such an eloquent way of speaking. And every word yeah. that he says holds so much weight to it. And when he was describing the Steeler way and how this is something passed down from locker room to locker room, I mean, you get chills hearing that as a Steelers fan. And uh, I said this earlier today when we were in the locker room with Wolf. You know, the thing I love the most about these speeches, you never hear a guy go up there and be like, I had such a great career, man. Like, man, I'm such a good player. Like, remember this play? Remember that play? Man, I'm great. It's always about the people that help pave the way, you know. The mom that was supportive and driving to practice all the time. The dad that helped, you know, fine-tune his game before he actually got to playing competitively. The coaches along the way. The people and players around him that helped. Like For Paul Amalu, Mike Logan was a big one. Then his rookie year. Yeah, that's right. Safety. Mr. WVU, Mike Logan. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, he helped shape Troy Paul and Troy gave him credit for that. So that's what I really get, you know, I really buy into with these speeches is when they yeah. touch on the people in their lives – and you heard Coward talk about his college coaches and the people around him. That really helped shape them. You, you don't get to the Hall of Fame just based on your own merit. You need a lot of people in your life to help mold you into that type of player and that type of person to be worthy Correct. of wearing that gold jacket. Correct. So it, it's so great to hear them you know, go through the list and give the people credit because it's not just an individual thing. There's a ton of people behind the scenes that help build these men into the great players and the great men that they become. No, that's well said by you. I absolutely agree. I think you see that shine through in all these guys in Shryman speeches. I tell you what, though, Tom. I mean, coolest bust ever, Troy Polamalu. That hair is going to be pretty tough to beat. Okay, so here's the thing. I was saying this earlier, too. It's kind of poetic that throughout their entire careers, it's been Troy Polamalu, Ed Reed, who's the best safety in their era and really maybe of all time as well. Yeah. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, playing each other twice a year both winning Super Bowls for their respected teams. Yep. Now you go into the Hall of Fame, and I think Ed Reed's got the coolest bust with Troy Polamalu. I don't know who to pick. I mean, they both got oh. some really cool busts, man. It's a toss-up between the two. You got Troy's flowing mane. Ed Reed's got the afro going and the big goatee yep. and his. I mean, it's just yep. kind of poetic that these two seem to be intertwined in every aspect of their I, careers. I do love it, honestly, now that you mentioned that. That's a great point. I, I love how intertwined they are. I really do. It's real, it's they, real, they those stand, are the two best safeties ever, right? They, it's either Ed or Troy. Alone to me. Oh, buddy, our, our, our Keystone State colleagues from across the turnpike will like to throw Brian Dawkins into this conversation. Get out of here. And Brian Dawkins was a phenomenal football player. But get out of here. I want to be very clear before he jumps into my Twitter mentions again and calls me a jerk. Eh, something he did on Super Bowl Sunday two years ago. You know ago. who would never do that? Troy Palmolo or Ed Troy Reed. Palomalu. Or Ed Reed, Reed, yeah. Exactly, because they're not petty enough to search their <laughs> own name on Twitter because they are secure enough in their greatness. They're above I, that, I, yeah. They are above that, absolutely, particularly on the day that their old head coach, Andy Reid, finally won a Super Bowl. But I digress. Um, yeah, buddy. I, you know what? It's funny you mentioned that. I do love how intertwined those two are from the position. Although strong safety versus free safety, there is nuance there. Okay. But both being safeties, both coming from the AFC North, 
uh, both being dra- you know playing in the same era. Like it's not like one is ten years older than the other. That's you're actually right. Thomas. Both That's winning cool. Super Bowls I too. I mean, you know, yeah. it's not just like they they all experience the success. It's like a it's a very Crosby Ovechkin kind of thing going on where you know arch rivals of each other. Yes, I agree. Uh, let me ask you, other than the obvious answer, okay, because everyone's answer is the pick six in the AFC championship game, and, buddy, that's a tough one to beat. What's your favorite Troy Polamalu moment other than that? You other can't than say that, right. You pick six against, against rookie Joel Flacco. Oh, Joel Flacco. Yeah, you, you can't say that one. That's that's the cliche one. I always go with the uh, I always go with the Kerry Collins play. Uh, Tennessee Titans oh, right on the one-inch line. Troy Polamalu goes all Superman over the line, times the snap perfectly, and puts Kerry Collins down. I mean, everybody in the stadium didn't even know if he was offsides or onsides or not. Uh, they had to slow it down ten times to really understand what happened. But you know what? Just thinking about that play, what incredible situational awareness from him seriously, to know that seriously. if he missed times the snap, what's the worst they're going to do? Move it a half an inch forward, a half a centimeter forward? They were already as close as they could get to the end zone. An offside penalty is not going to kill you. So why not try and, and jump over the line and time the snap perfectly? And it just yeah. so happens that it worked out perfectly for him and it becomes an iconic play. But just to think on that kind of a level to sit out there and go you know what who really cares if i go off sides because they're not going to move the ball any closer than they already are so it's definitely worth it to take this risk the risk greatly outweighs the reward right and it paid off sorry the reward greatly outweighs the risk. right 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 and it it completely paid off he won the gamble uh of course another joe flacco play is the karate chop in the regular season where he's coming off of the edge and lamar woodley scoops it up and sets the steelers up nicely for a go-ahead touchdown would help him win that game so there's just so many, man. I mean, this guy has got a There's laundry so list. We could talk about the one-handed interception against yes. the Titans. One that I don't think gets enough shine is the one that was robbed from him, too. He had the game-sealing interception against so, Peyton Manning and the Colts in that you know what it's, AFC Divisional you know game. What it's, it's funny you bring that up, Tom. I'm glad you go there because that was going to be my answer. Dude, that's that's one of my favorite Troy moments because right? you mentioned it. He makes he makes the the game ceiling interception against Peyton Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Because all Steelers uh, Nation's in, like, oh great, Peyton's driving right down our throats. This one's over. <laughs> in Indianapolis, a team that had beat the Steelers in that in that oh, barn. Oh, that, that was the best team of the season, season that year, no question. It was that that, that might have been honestly the best Colts team of the Peyton Manning era. For and real. I realize they didn't win the Super Bowl, and he won a Super Bowl with the Colts. But if you've got enough nuance, you understand what we're saying right. there. Uh, that might have been the best team of the Colts era. Troy Polamalu intercepts that football, and you're just you're bedlam. You're thinking the game's over. We're on to Denver. We're going to the AFC Championship game, and it gets called back on some BS. And it's it's why we love Troy Polamalu so much, Tom. Everyone on the sideline, right? The referee makes the announcement. You know they've got the camera pan of the sideline, and the referee makes the announcement. He never controlled the football. It's an incomplete pass. Indianapolis ball and everyone's losing their bleeping minds, right? Like Casey Hampton is screaming. Joey Porter right. is screaming. They're che- he's screaming, you cheats, you cheats at the referees. What does Troy Polamalu do, the one who got robbed of the interception? He hops up off the bench, he puts his helmet on, he runs back out on the field. And, and he, <laughs> Because he said, you know what, all right, fine. I mean, whatever, the job's not done. we got to get back out there. Honestly, while he... he- He's yeah, such... I was just gonna say, while well, he had the reason to he had the reason to complain the most, he was the one that got robbed of the game ceiling interception. And while everyone else is 
B-I-T-C-H-E-N to the referees. <laughs> he hops right back up. He throws his helmet on. He gets back out there on the field. And he's like, you know what? It's fine. I'm going to go make another play. That, I uh, loved that moment. That's exactly what I was going to drop in and say. There's no question in my mind that in his head, the th- only thing he was thinking was, okay, I got to go pick off another one. Like, that's all he right. thought was this. Well, they took that one away from me. I, I can't change the past. All I can do is make a new future. And I'm just going to go out and pick, intercept another pass. That's that's 100% what was going through his head. You know, that was a huge clinching interception. So I'm glad he got that Super Bowl clinching one against Baltimore to really put that, you know, yes. stamp on his Hall of Fame career. Because like you said, we can talk about all the other ones. They're all playing for second place because that that one lives in infamy forever. The Super Bowl clinching interception against Joe Flacco and the Baltimoreans. Yep. Oh, that is, I mean, of, of our lifetime, that is, I think, the defining. Well, maybe San Antonio Holmes in the back of the end zone, but that is on a short list of defining Steelers moments in our lifetime. Well, you don't get I to that one without the Troy one. So Right, exactly. And I think that is, I think we can agree on this, Tom, that's certainly the greatest moment in Heinz Field history. Oh, yeah. Because obviously the Super Bowl's not played at Heinz Field. We are at the North Shore Tavern on the North Shore. Sun going down here right next to PNC Park, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Folks, Bud Light is on special, just $4. You can also come down here and get one of these steaks on a stone. What's better than a little Sunday night filet Mm. that you've heard Tom and I discussing here? we got a lot more to get to as it relates to this Hall of Fame stuff, both from last night's ceremony and looking ahead to this evening. We'll hear from Alan Fanica on the other side. It is the Bud Light Training Camp Report, live from the North Shore Tavern. Wesley Bueller, Tom Offerman on ESPN Pittsburgh. The Training Camp Report on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by Bud Light, America's favorite light lager. FedEx, where now meets next. LECOM, Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine campuses in Erie, Greensburg, Elmira, New York, and Bradenton, Florida. By your neighborhood Ford store. Excella Health, Expert Care, here. And by Ireland Contracting. Pittsburgh's number one home exterior expert. Call 1-800-NEW-ROOF or visit IrelandContracting.com. Wrapping up training camp coverage on a Sunday. It's the Bud Light Training Camp Report live from the North Shore Tavern here in Pittsburgh on ESPN Pittsburgh. Wesley Euler, Tom Opperman hanging out with you here on a Sunday night. Our second hour of the show here just a little over half an hour or so to come on down to the North Shore Tavern. Still get some Bud Light on special. Say hello and get yourself a steak on a stone while you're at it. We are in eager anticipation of night number two of the Hall of Fame enshrinement in Canton. It was a Steelers party last night. It'll be the same this evening. Palomalu, Cower, Shell go in last night. Tonight, two guys long overdue. Mm, Alan Fanica sure. and, and like decades overdue, Tom Bill Nunn. We will talk about those guys uh, in just a few moments here, but I wanted to get your final thoughts just on, we talked a lot about Troy Polamalu there because he is our guy. He is our generation of Steelers, but but Bill Cower, obviously a huge part of that too. I want to get your thoughts on Donnie Shell as well, but buddy, Bill Cower, some of the stuff just, he, you know, I, what I really liked about last night is I feel like the three different Steelers that went into the Hall of Fame in Canton really represent the organization and what it's all about so well. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, Bill Cower goes in, right? He's the local guy. Right. He grew up 10 minutes, not even 10 minutes from Three Rivers Stadium uh, in Crafton, 
Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He was a fringe NFL player who had to scratch and claw his way to carve out a special teams role with the Philadelphia Eagles. He had to scratch and claw his way up the coaching ranks, uh, being with Kansas City before he got hired by the Steelers. You've got Donnie Shell, who was a small school, didn't go to a big, you know, blue, wasn't a blue chip guy, didn't go to a blue blood, went to South Carolina State. He was undrafted. He comes to a Steelers organization just littered with Hall of Famers across the defense. And even as an undrafted guy, he's able to carve out a role. And he's able to win four Super Bowls and end up in Canton. And then you've got Troy Polamalu, right, who went to USC, who went to the huge school, who was a blue-chip recruit, who, you know, was a first-round pick. The Steelers traded up to get yeah, right. him. I, I just feel like that's very – you heard Chuck Knoll used to preach that all the time. Mike Tomlin has taken – that from Chuck Nolan put his own twist on it in the sense of we don't care how you got here. We don't care where you're from. If you can contribute, if you can help, you are welcome here. And, buddy, I think just across the spectrum of, you know, having the coach who had to scratch and claw his way as a player and as a coach to get to where he was at, to have one player going into the Hall of Fame who was at USC and was a first-round pick and was a blue-chip guy, and another one who had to, you know, do it more untraditional, South Carolina State undrafted. That was just really a cool snapshot to me last night, uh, representing what the Steelers are all about. It's just like a giant melting pot of a bunch of different backstories, and you know, they come together and they form this cohesive unit that is the best franchise in the history of the NFL. And yeah, you know, here, here, we talked about Bill Cowher being the local guy. You got to think this feels a little extra special for him. I, I know that oh. Donnie Shell, Troy Polamalu, Fanica, and the late great Bill Nunn. You know, obviously, what a great honor for all of these guys. But for Bill, I just have to imagine he is pinching himself a lot over these past couple of days and realizing, is this really where my life went? I got to not only coach the Pittsburgh Steelers, right. but I didn't screw this thing up. In fact, I did the opposite. I took it to the moon again. I, I took what Chuck Knoll built and, and didn't bury it into the ground. And then honestly, extending off of that, Mike Tomlin's taken that baton from Cower and ran with it as well. So. They both have done a tremendous job of keeping what Noel has built up. But you, know, you look at a guy like Bill Cower, uh, and Bob Labriola threw this stat out, and it's really amazing. He had five AFC championship games in Pittsburgh in his career. Uh, not that just five crazy. AFC championship games. He hosted them. He got them in Pittsburgh. That means he had such a good regular season. He was the higher seed five times when he got to that Final Four stage. Now, of course, he went one and four in those home games at Heinz Field, the only one he sure, won sure. in 95 to get to the Super Bowl where he lost to the Cowboys. But still, to have games in your stadium, around, building your fan base up and keeping them interested by having home games that late into the season, it's such That's a, a tremendous point. accomplishment. And it's also kind of ironic that the Super Bowl that he did end up winning to get there, he had to go on the road in the AFC Championship game and beat Denver and Jake Plummer. So just kind of some poetry to end his career. But what what a phenomenal coach. And, and you know, you talked about how Troy's from our generation. You know, Chuck Knoll from past generations is the coach of the Steelers. I, I think for our youth, it's, it's Bill Cowher, no question. Absolutely. And he's he's one of us. You know what I mean? He, he kind of looks no, like he, he kind of talks like us much better facial hair. He kind of talks like us. You know, one of my favorite things, one of my favorite like press conference moments ever, Tom, was when Bill Cowher got hired by the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was 36 years old when he got hired as the Steelers head coach. And at his introductory press conference, he said, two years from now, I've got my 20 year high school reunion. If I don't mess this thing up, I'm going to go back to my high school reunion, 38 years old, 
as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He just, like, a, a lot of guys who get to that point, Tom, it, it, it feels like it becomes, like, I don't want to say they take it for granted, right? But they kind of do. Bill Cower, it always felt like he was one of us. It always it, it felt like your neighbor from down the street was coaching the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's crazy when you put it into that perspective. You know, 39 years old, and I'm going back to my high school reunion as the head coach of the Steelers. <laughs> the head coach. Could you imagine doing that? Going back, I didn't go to my 10-year high school reunion, Tom, but if I was the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'd probably go to my 20. Well, I still got about 12 more years to work on that, so I'm still, I'm still good. I, I think I can get to that point, but... It's just interesting to me that, you know, Mike Tomlin's the same thing. I mean, Mike Tomlin could say the exact That's same true. thing. He was hired in his, uh, very young, one youngest coach to win a Super Bowl, Mike Tomlin. So, I mean, yep. it's just crazy how this lineage of coaching has gone, and Bill Cowher certainly has his fingerprints all over it. Uh, a phenomenal man and just a phenomenal head coach. And, you know, not to – not give enough shine to Donnie Shell because that's someone that, you know, I hadn't really seen oh. growing up playing a majority of his time in the 80s. But it's nice to see the guys in that era get their shine. It because, is. you know, that's kind of the forgotten era of the Steelers. You saw Louis Lips get into the Steelers Hall of Honor over the weekend, uh, past weekend as well. So you always like it when the that kind of era of Steelers football gets some credit because I know that they didn't have the glory of the 70s or the early 2000s or even getting to championship games in the 90s with Cower. But those 80s football teams, you know, they weren't awful, awful. They still had some competitive football teams and some really good players. Donnie Shell's certainly one of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, here, here. Tuncha Wolf would like to hear you say that. <laughs> I'm sure they would. Yeah, Donnie <laughs> Shell. And, and, and you love him wearing the gold Jordans last night as, yeah. as an homage to his buddy L.C. Greenwood. You just love that, that Steelers culture, that Steelers family. Uh, another guy that has personified that. You know, we talked a lot about Bill Cower and how he coached Troy Polamalu. He's also coached Alan Fanica. And, folks, the party is continuing this evening. Bill Nunn, decades overdue, a game-changer getting into the Hall of Fame. Alan Fanica, he's about five or six years overdue himself as well. I think the best guard of his generation. He's going in tonight, enshrined in Canton. We will see that in just a few hours. He had the opportunity to catch up with Missy Matthews of Steelers.com to talk about what that means to big number 66. Was it a long wait waiting to find out you're getting into the hall, or did it feel like a longer wait just to get to this weekend and for the festivities to actually begin? Uh, probably a longer wait to, to get the knock. Um, you know, once this started rolling, after you get the knock, it just is like a freight train coming. Uh, and it just all of a sudden it, you blink and you're like, wow, we're leaving in two weeks. Um, so uh, it, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind, but it's been great. I, maybe it's hard to pinpoint one person, uh, so you can give me as many as you want, but when you think about how you got to Canton, um, the birthplace of pro football, who do, you, who do you think has the biggest impact on you uh, to do this? Yeah, so I mean, you know, I go back to mom and dad and, uh, you know, everything from youth sports, all the, the, the traveling and the support that they gave me. Uh, every last one of my coaches, man, I was just truly blessed to have great coaches at every step of the way. Um, and my teammates, uh, uh, all of them, uh, uh, the kids that, that challenged me. Uh, I, got a, I got a friend coming from, uh, back in the day we played like eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12 year old basketball against each <laughs> other, right? We played, we played, we played against each other and then we always make the all-star team and play together. But we always had this kind of like, Give yin and yang, kind of push and pull fight against each other just to compete. And, uh, you know, who knows if we don't do that at that age, right? What, what, what that pulled out of me, uh, that competition. And, um, you know, it's interesting. You go through this process and you start thinking about all those little things like that. 
that you never really took the time to think about, but uh, they had big impacts on your life. Who do you think uh, the long wait to get the knock to find out you finally have gotten in uh, was the hardest on you or a family member or maybe everybody? Everybody, everybody, I think, you know, it was, it's a, it's a, it's a team unit, right? The family is the team. Uh, you know, it's definitely, I know I try to bottle it up, you know, as, as you're going through and, but I know I'm probably not acting myself because I'm, you know, hacked off and um, trying to do the best for the kids. You know, the kids don't really understand it as much and, and have the trouble dealing with it. So uh, just trying to be there and be supportful for them uh, through the process. It, it's it's tar hard on everybody. Different Hall of Fame class, but this weekend you and Steve Hutchinson, uh, does this say something about the guard position and maybe the nitty gritty uh, role, what that position can mean to an offense? Does that mean something to you? It does. It definitely does. You know, I think when you look back on uh, Hutch and I's uh, era of football, that, uh, you know, we kind of changed how people thought about the guard position. We both came into the NFL and people thought, we'll try and find a tackle and if they don't make it, we'll just throw them in down inside and make them work. And, you know, it's not always like that. You know, you can find guys with unique attributes that can do things that uh, are a benefit to have at that guard position. I read an article about the notebooks that you kept during your times with the Steelers, one for each season. Uh, there was good, there was bad probably a number of things, but there was one that set a goal to make the Hall of Fame. Do you remember when that was, where, how early it was or how late in your career it was where this was something you felt was possible? Yeah, um, you know, I just, I, you go through this process and never realized I was a goal setter. But now looking back on it, I don't know how I ever missed it, but I was always a goal setter from little on up. And, you know, that was just something that I wrote down. It was a goal, it was, a, it was something to, to shoot for and uh, you know when you're shooting for something why shoot low shoot high and I had kind of forgotten about it till Julie re uh, remembered and told me about it and I was like I forgot because I've got all these notebooks and they've just been stored away uh, and I had looked at them in forever and uh, man, you know right I opened it up front cover in that year and I just my notebook for the year and I said make the Hall of Fame and uh, here I am. Congrats you're Thank here. You. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Alan. Thank you. And tonight it will be official as big number 66, Alan Fanica, finally gets that long overdue enshrinement in Canton in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Tom, you know, it's 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 a big number 66. It, it's, I think it's a big testament to Alan Fanica that I can call him number 66 and feel fine doing it, right? I mean, he came to town on the heels of Mario Lemieux, grabbed number 66, didn't matter. That's how good this guy no, was. That, I'm just, I'm so pumped for Alan Fanica. That's a that's a number that you really better live up to if you're going to don it in this city and in those colors. And Alan Fanica absolutely lived up to the hype and the expectations. I mean, what, what more could he do? I mean, you know what I mean. You, you take right. you take the great Mario Lemieux number and you end up going to the Hall of Fame, and you have a Super Bowl ring on your uh, finger as well to boot. I, I, I don't know what else you could have asked for him in order to honor that number and what that number means in this town, you know? I mean, that's exactly what, yeah, no, Mar that's exactly what Mario would have wanted. Absolutely agree, without a doubt. And it, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. Alan Fanica, Bill Nunn, you thought the black and gold party was last night. Well, it's going to continue this evening folks the rest of the and, nfl just uh, has I'm to just, hate us right i mean just has to be oh, sick to death with us i mean you know what's funny is um 
I, like, could you imagine, right? Because there were some other substantial, like Jimmy Johnson went into the Hall of right. Fame. There were Chicago Bears going Jimbo into the Covert, Hall of Fame. Jimbo Covert, Pit guy, hailed a pit. Like, yeah, exactly. With Chicago Bear, like a right. big franchise historically in the NFL. Uh, tonight, right, Peyton Manning. We all know what that means. But, buddy, it's like everything is being taken over by the black and gold. So, yeah, you know what? I can imagine if you're one of those other fan bases or if you're there in Canton, it's probably annoying. But tough crap, right, Thomas? No, Deal absolutely. And, you know, another thing, a lot of people like to throw like – guys like Bill Nunn, they don't get in until they're long overdue. And that's one thing that you wish he would still be alive to see is him getting in. So Oh, you, you wish you, he was getting his roses, yeah. No question. They dropped the ball as far as that's concerned because he should have been in while he was still alive. Uh, guys, you know, like Alan Fanica takes a while to get in, and Elsie Greenwood still isn't in. And a lot of the th- stuff is – well, there's just a lot of Steelers in there already from those 70s teams and blah, 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 and there's too many Steelers. And Well, you know what? That's crap. There's more Chicago Bears in the Hall of Fame right now than there are Pittsburgh there Steelers. Are so Chicago until Bears. the Pittsburgh yeah, Steelers get once. to the top of the totem pole, I don't want to hear that excuse. I don't want to hear that excuse that there's too many Steelers. Until we're sitting at the very top of that totem pole, then you can start throwing the too many Steelers excuse at me. But until then, I mean, get the hell out of here with that. If, there, if There's more Bears sitting in Canton than Steelers. Agreed. I don't want to hear you say there's too many Steelers. There's way too many Bears as far as I'm concerned. Too many Bears, one Super Bowl, all those Hall of Famers. Get I don't know. It doesn't add up. Does, that math doesn't work does anybody, out. Like, does anybody go to uh, to like Cooperstown? And they're like, oh, there's too many Yankees in here. <laughs> no, because <laughs> right. they've had all that success. What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a really good point by you, Tom. And you know what? Those people, uh, they're gonna have to deal with it because there's some more Pittsburgh Steelers that are gonna be inducted into the Hall of Fame in the next decade. I do want to. We got an interesting tweet here. Uh, about who could be the next Steelers to go in that I want to kick around with Tom. We'll do that when we return to close out the show. That means you've got one more segment to get your tail on down here to the North Shore Mm. Tavern to get some Bud Light on special, have a chance to say hello, talk a little football, get a steak on a stone if you're feeling so inclined. It's all happening down here at the North Shore Tavern. It's the Bud Light Training Camp Report. Wesley Euler, Tom Offerman on ESPN Pittsburgh. This is the Training Camp Report on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by Bud Light, America's favorite light lager. FedEx, where now meets next. LECOM, Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine campuses in Erie, Greensburg, Elmira, New York, and Bradenton, Florida. By your neighborhood Ford store. Excella Health, Expert Care, here. And by Ireland Contracting. Pittsburgh's number one home exterior expert. Call 1-800-NEW-ROOF or visit irelandcontracting.com. Back at the North Shore Tavern to wrap up the Bud Light Training Camp Report. Wesley Euler, Tom Offerman with you here for about another 15 minutes or so before we get up out of here and we fixate our eyeballs on the 2021 enshrinement that is happening tonight. Drew Pearson, Tom Flores, Peyton Manning, John Lynch, Calvin Johnson, Alan Fanica, Charles Woodson, Bill Nunn. I mean, you talk about you know, last night was great. Tonight is going to be uh, perhaps even better. Tom, of the non-Steelers names on that list, who are you most excited to hear from tonight? Is it Peyton Manning? I mean, it's got to be old Peyton Manning, right? Wow. You know what? It should be Peyton Manning, but for whatever reason, Wes, and I just got to be honest with you right now, 
for whatever reason, when you set that question up for me, the first one that popped into my head was Megatron. I, I don't know Dude, why. It's funny. I'm thinking that now because maybe like what we were talking about with Troy, we just haven't heard you from never him hear so from, I, Yeah, we see Peyton every Sunday on every other commercial. I mean, we know what Peyton's <laughs> right, up to lately. Right. You never hear from Calvin Johnson. Even when he played, you never heard from Calvin Johnson. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point by you. Uh, he... He might have a few things to say. But you're right. It's probably certainly... Peyton. I mean, Peyton's the speech you got to be looking forward to the most. I mean, come on, man. And his dad, Archie, is the one inducting him into the Hall. We'll also hear from Heinz Ward tonight, Tom. I didn't think about that. He's inducting Alan Fanica. Pretty wow, cool. Wow, I didn't as well, hear about too. that. I didn't think about that either. Heinz Ward, maybe not too far away from his own gold jacket ceremony. Uh, do you think so? No, let's he's not let's. Get I, in. I, he's I knew not we were gonna. I just he's he to me is he's hall of really good, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of guys that are in the hall of really good. I think the this thing with the him though, fame, I, I, yeah, I think the thing with him though is he's at the very end of that hall of very good, right? Like one more step until he's in the hall of fame. You know what I mean? Like he, I agree with you that he doesn't reach that criteria. But it's like he missed one question from getting that A on that test, you know. Like he's super <laughs> close to being in. It's just like you're just not there. And I think that's why you're going to hear his name thrown around for eternity in Steelers Nation is because yes. he has such a close case, even though one that when you really examine it probably doesn't cut it to make it to the hall. All right, so let me ask you this. You think he would be more deserving than, let's say, Casey Hampton? Yes. I think so too, but man, those guys are both. They're they're in the the hall of really good. Well, Casey, tell you, they're in the hall of great. Hamp's got to get in the hall of honor soon. I, I think the big snacks got to get in the yeah. hall of honor in a couple of I years. Agree. That's that's something they need. He's to check the most. On. I think he's the most underrated part of that 2000s. No question. Defense. That's why you need to yeah. you need to put him in the hall of honor because you know that you build hall of honors. I, of course, guys who make the hall of fame are automatically going to make that. But you build those right, Hall of right. Honors for the Louis Lips of the world who need to have their story told in the history of this franchise, but they just didn't exactly cut it as far as the NFL's greats are concerned. Roger Staubach, the one um, enshrining Drew Pearson tonight, that'll be pretty cool. You want to talk about somebody who's way overdue. Drew Pearson, way overdue. As, as much as I um, don't uh, shed any sympathy or play the violin for any Cowboys, uh, excited to see Drew Pearson get in tonight as well. That will be energetic for sure it's going to be a lot of fun we got a few more minutes left here on the bud light training camp report tom we got a tweet from mike um who wow. asked a very interesting question i think it would be i think it'd be a good way for us to get up out of here the question from mike is uh ben roethlisberger feels like a lock so and which i'm sure you and i both agree with first ballot. so other than the court yeah first ballot other than the quarterback number seven mike wants to know tom who in the steelers organization and keyword there is organization, not just players. Who in the Steelers organization gets into Canton? Tom, I have three right now that I think are locks. I have two that I think are, are on the right track, but they need more time. They need more good seasons. And then I have two that I think are, are those, those hall of really good, those hall of great uh, members. Where would you like to start? Here, I'm Although, on it. You know what? I want to hear your answer first. I'm kind of shocked that you – so not including Ben, you have three locks to make the Hall of Fame? No, inclu- no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Ben is Ben is included in okay, this. Okay, yeah. Yes, ben I should have said Ben that. is the right. ultimate lock. I'm still kind of surprised that you have two locks, though, beyond Ben, because I'm trying to think of someone – I guess the next best choice would be Cam Hayward, but – Now, see, remember, I don't, Thomas, I don't Steelers know if he's organization get in there. being the kicker here. I agree with you. Um, so, so let me let me show you how I laid this out because I guess I am I'm, I'm kind of cheating a little bit or you and I are just in the same church but in a different pew. Mm. Uh, my three locks are Ben Roethlisberger, Mike Tomlin, and Kevin Colbert. 
Wow, you sneaky son of a bitch. I wasn't like even that, thinking about you? those guys, but they are all three absolute lock it away and throw the key in the trash. Those three are right? getting I mean, I'm not, I'm not off on Kevin no, Colbert. No, no, no. Kevin Colbert, I love Mike Tomlin. He's a Hall of Fame coach. Kevin Colbert's more of a Hall of Famer in my book than Mike Tomlin oh my, is. Like he's a gold jacket guy without a doubt. No question. Wow, Wes, you sneaky devil, you. I didn't even think you about like that. that. I didn't even think about the front office or the coaching staff perspective. But, yeah, Mike Tomlin, Colbert, absolute locks for the Hall of Fame. No question. I'm smiling ear like, to ear right now back here because I, I can't believe you uh, pulled that by me. But you're so I right. pulled that wool over your eyes. You're so right. Kevin Colbert is, like, to me, just a just, – you've been an NFL GM for 20 seasons and has had one losing year. Like, Two Super Bowls. Yeah, I mean, come on. Three appearances. I mean, and just think, Tom, too. You know what's going to really stand out on Kevin Colbert's resume is all the Hall of Famers that he's drafted and where he's drafted them from. You know what I, yeah. mean? I mean, like the dude, Devin Bush is his only top 10 pick in his history as Steelers that's GM to trade up to get that guy. It's insane to think that that's his only top 10 pick with all the success that he's had. I, I, I completely agree with you. So I feel like he is a lock. Ben Roethlisberger. I think Mike Tomlin as well too oh, he's look a at a lot of the coaches that get inducted yeah yeah look tomlin and cower mirror feels- each other they're like the exact same thing they're they, like they the exact the- same resume so if cowers in tomlin's in. agreed i i i'm with you on that are those three fair i'm not missing no question right? I, I see that's those three are more than fair i think you'd be stretching if you went to anybody else as a lot very good now my 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 hall of really good right my hall of great football players but i don't think they're gonna get in Cam Hayward and Joe Hayden. Yes, 100% spot on. Maybe throw Steph Tewitt in there, although the health has been a problem with him. He'd have to really come on strong over these next three or four years towards the back end of his career. But, yeah, Cam Hayward and Joe Hayden are those guys that are super close to the Hall of Fame. I think Cam Hayward a little closer than Joe Hayden. But they're yes, just, they're just yes, not going to be absolute locks for the Hall of Honor one day, though. No question. 100% and just fantastic friggin' football players. Uh, and then the two that I have are on the right track, but you need more time. T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, as we said earlier in our first hour, you know, the building blocks of the defense moving forward, you want to lock those guys up. That's some two people you want to hit your wagon to. I think they're definitely on the right track. It's funny you bring up T.J. Watt. I was reading NFL.com had a story today ranking, you know, in the heels of the Hall of Fame ceremony, the top five players under 30 in the league that are likely to be Hall of Famers Ooh, one day. And, and TJ, do you have that list handy? I do have that list handy. Our, our friend TJ Watt, just to, to get ahead of things, came in at number four. So that's pretty good. Okay. People like around it. the league like share the perspective that you have with him. Number one was sure. obviously Patrick Mahomes. I mean, yeah, that, come on. Just, just no-brainer, absolute yeah. slam dunk, layup, whatever you want to call and it. And interesting, Jacob brought this up when we were – kicking this around on the Steelers standard earlier, Aaron Donald just missing the cut being 30 Correct, years old he's this 30 year. Now, yeah, but he's exactly. in, I mean, he could retire tomorrow. And he's he's already in, yeah. Question. But Patrick Mahomes, yeah. number one. Number two was Quentin Nelson, the guard from the Colts. Probably the best guard in football right now. I think he's a slam dunk. Yeah, yeah, I think he's on his way to Canton, no doubt, one day. He's He's been one of the top three guards in football since the day he got drafted. That's, literally, that's Hall of Fame. Literally the day he yeah. got drafted, he was – Top three, one of the top maybe two the best one already. Yeah, that's 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 credentials right there. So he's all well on his way to a gold jacket. Jalen Ramsey, the cornerback from the Jaguars and the Rams, at number three on the like list. It. It, it, we Still were kicking so this around, you know, in the break a little bit, and we were shocked to find out he's 26 years old. I mean, 20, he's only 26. The, like the feels body like he's been of work, around forever. exactly. That's why I, when I was going through this list at first, the reason I was surprised to see Jalen Ramsey wasn't because of 
I think he's a phenomenal. I don't think he's a phenomenal player on the field. It was because I thought this guy was 30 or 31 years old. To find out he's still only 26, 26. and accomplished what he has, I mean, he's got a whole other career basically in front of him. And now he's, he's doing insane. it in LA with a much better organization and yep. a much better defense yep. around him. I think he's well on the way to a Hall of Fame jacket. Uh, like I said, TJ Watt was number four. Number five was the one that was a little puzzling to me. Uh, Lamar Jackson, number five, came Ooh, in on that, rounding no out the list. No love for Miles Garrett. Sorry, buddy. There's no love for Miles Garrett yet. Uh, Lamar obviously has the MVP. I just don't know. I, yes. I, I don't know if he's really at that trajectory yet because you really have to step back and think, is he even the best quarterback in his class right now? Because Josh Allen might Correct. have uh, something to say about that. Or Baker Mayfield still might have something exactly. to say. Exactly. I mean, it's a very healthy done. class, no, no question, but... Yeah, Lamar, I guess you got to pick somebody, and Lamar is certainly a, a game-changing type of player. I'm not going to disparage him. Oh, but it's just a, doubt, a little surprising to see him on that. The four names in front of him on that list seemed more on a you know straight path to the hall than he does right now, at least. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, hey, he's been to the playoffs all three years. He's won a playoff game. He's been an MVP. But it's also, it's like in a weird two-way, Tom, we almost weight quarterbacks differently in this conversation, both to their benefit and to their detriment. You right. know what I mean? Like like a guy like Eli Manning having a really strong shot to get in when he probably shouldn't. He probably shouldn't, to but he's he going to get in, yeah. But he's going to get in, yeah. And, and so that is just, that's kind of like the double-edged sword of the quarterback is if you have the long, lengthy, successful career, you're probably going to get in. But you've got to have that long, lengthy, successful <laughs> right. career. Or else, or else you're just, your resume is not going to stack up to a lot of these guys that got the rings and the accolades and all that stuff. Good stuff, Thomas. This was fun today. A lot of fun. I can't believe it's already over. I can't believe it's already over, but I am on my way to get a steak and a I stone. I was just going to say, you, you son of a bitch. First you pull the Tomlin <laughs> and Colbert thing over my eyes, and now you're on your way to a steak on a stone. You're just living life, man. And bleeding yeah, me into dust. buddy. I'm a sneaky, sneaky, Mr. Deeds. <laughs> Tom Hopperman, Wesley Euler. We've had a lot of fun down here. Thanks to the North Shore Tavern for hosting us and to Bud Light as well, too. This has been the Bud Light Training Camp Report on ESPN Pittsburgh. Take care, everybody. Enjoy your Sunday night. Thanks to Tom for running everything back at the show. And, you know, tomorrow it all continues. Another day of training camp coverage. Nobody does it like we do in our building on SNR and ESPN Pittsburgh.